Welcome back to In The Loop, a podcast by Civic Duty Rice. I'm Connor Rasmussen, and I'm joined by two other lovely members. Would you go ahead and introduce yourselves? Um, hello, y'all. My name is Orlando Cervantes, a uh, senior Will Rice. And my name is Chad Wesselcamper, a senior from Jones. Yeah. And today's topic, uh, the day of recording, it's still fairly recent. I'm sure you remember the incident that happened on Halloween of three students dressing up as ICE agents. Uh, and so we're going to be talking about the implications of that. Uh, how it's changed the culture on campus. And to do that, we have a guest with us. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Um, hi, I'm Kimberly. I'm a senior from McMurtry, and I'm the current president for Jolt Texas at Rice University. Fantastic. So, can you tell us uh, what Jolt, can you tell the audience or us as well what Jolt is and does? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so JOLT is a statewide organization that um, looks to civically engage young Latinos across the state. Um, As there is a growing population of Hispanic people in Texas, there's more voting power uh, within the young Latinos. So we're trying to um, engage as many people as possible to make sure that politics in Texas is as representative of the people who live in the state as possible. Do you want to do like the news thing? No, we're going to skip that. All right, we're not going to do that. Yeah, skip that for today. So you were interviewed by the Thresher, I remember, after this happened. And so we basically wanted to ask you like your thoughts on it again. <laughs> um, <laughs> what it meant for you, and then we might go into something else. Uh, for me, it meant a lot of things. Uh, primarily, it showed me a lot about the, the lack of true diversity and inclusion at Rice. Um, it made me really think about how those terms are thrown around a lot here, um, but in reality, they're pretty empty terms. They're just kind of for statistics and for rankings and awards. Um, it made me think a lot about how people on Rice's campus um, claim to be allies, but clearly we're <laughs> probably misinterpreting that word mm-hmm. quite a bit. Um, But it also just made me think about my childhood a lot, a lot of the people that I knew growing up, family members, friends, um, and people on campus who might be affected by that representation of of the ICE costume, whether that be other Rice students, but also possibly H&D staff who luckily weren't there to see that. Um, It was just, it was really disconcerting. I didn't think that something like that would happen here. Um, we tout around the whole, this is a safe place, and we have initiatives to help DACA students and all of these other things that make us seem like a really inclusive university, but then something like this goes and happens, and it, it shows you that that's probably not the reality. A term I heard a lot after it happened was keyboard warriors, mm-hmm. referring to how exactly what you're talking about when people will always back an idea, but then in practice it never really happens. Right. So Did you say keyboard? Keyboard warriors, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so did we did anybody actually talk to the people, to the people who dressed up? Oh yeah, no. They and what really was their talk? response? They were heavily reprimanded and they did express remorse. I mean, did they <laughs> were they allowed to give their reason why they dressed up like that? Yes. Or did they provide a reason? Because I didn't um, see it. Um yes. So at Town Hall they were asked to come forward and um, present an apology 
um, each of them individually, mm -hmm. to the college, but also to the university. Mm -hmm. um, the confusing thing is that there's been so many versions of the story being thrown around. Like, I've heard several versions. The magisters have heard several versions. Other people have as well. The version told at Town Hall was also slightly different from what I had already known. Um, so the main excuse was kind of ignorance. Yeah, that's um, what I heard. Yeah, that they didn't really know. That it would make that a it would, response. Yeah, yeah. But the way that they interacted with some people at pub and after pub contradicts that. What I, the story that I heard, because one of them was in my, one of my classes, and he actually mm -hmm. made a statement to the class after it happened. Yeah. Uh, and his story was that, like, what we were told is that they didn't really understand that it would yeah. be offensive. But after some interactions with people at pub, he's like, okay, maybe it is. And so when they right. headed back, he directly asked some people, like, in his suite or something, like, is this offensive, what I'm wearing? And they're like, yes. And then that's when he took it um, off. But enough people had already gotten angry at him at that point. Yeah. But what the, the conflicting part of that is that people before they left McMurtry had already told them that it was offensive and to take it off, and mm -hmm. they went along with it anyway. Mm -hmm. So the claim of ignorance to me is just not valid. So it's, it brings up the point, like if this happened, like there are probably a lot of people on campus mm -hmm. that might have done something similar or don't really realize or wouldn't have realized why it was offensive. Like, it's kind of, maybe they thought it was funny at the time. Yeah, that, that was one of their Or things. ironic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which is un understandable to an extent. And so it worked good. Yeah, so we're always kind of curious, like, how, how much of a pervasive problem is this actually on Rice's campus? Uh, obviously, it was universally condemned, but there are a lot of people that are probably just like, oh, yeah, no, condemn it, but they wouldn't have really thought otherwise if it wasn't condemned like if you just saw the costume you've been like okay shrug so i guess maybe we should before we go on we should talk about like what ice actually is just in case people don't know who are yeah. listening so ice i haven't looked this up in a while but i believe it stands for immigration and customs enforcement right. uh, it's basically the police force that uh, the united states has regarding illegal immigration and more recently, in the last few years, since the heavy influx of immigrants on the southern border, they've been heavily criticized for human rights violations uh, because of the massive indiscriminate raids on towns and also the not really doing anything about separation of families and keeping people in cages. Um, and also, like, I just, like, because of the customs, too, is it, like, there's like the immigration enforcement arm and there's also like the customs people like at the border and like at the ports. <clears throat> and like the border and the ports who like are in charge of making sure like illegal contraband isn't entering the United States or leaving too. Um, and even heard actually like uh, kind of a tangent of like that even officers within like that arm of ICE like don't want to be associated with like the immigration enforcement stuff because it's actually affecting like their own job too. Like all the... Um, all the negative attention and all the, the bad practices of, like, that are, are impeding, you know, other forms of law enforcement as well. So, yeah, um, that's kind of something that I feel like people with time tend to kind of uh, simplify is that, like, ICE only does immigration. And it's like, that's not true. Mm. Um, that's because of what they've uh, done wrong with immigration. Um, what they continue to do is kind of, like, affecting, you know, other aspects of the organization as well.
do you think that as I'm thinking about this more that as an example somebody dressing up as a police officer should be just as triggering uh, for all minorities but maybe a little more specifically right now in this time for black people do you think that it's on the same par we don't see people getting upset as people when people dress up as police officers because that's like an extremely common uh, outfit I'm not sure it would carry the exact same weight just because the police force as a whole isn't at fault it's not like the entire United States police force is the problem but with ICE it's very much like the organization as a whole is kind of consistently doing these things. That is like their mission statement. I mean, you could argue, people would argue that the police force is completely wrong and bad. I know it's not the whole thing, but then you would also have to say that not every ICE agent is doing something bad either. I just think it's an interesting analogy. I think it's um I think in that case like it's more important to kind of see like what actually are the reactions mm-hmm. of like people looking when they see that. Uh and I've heard it from like that there are some people who like think that oh like it should that that's probably going to be as triggering but at the same time like you can't really speak to the experience of like every single uh black person or uh, Latino in the United States who has had interactions with policemen. Um like for example with me it's like our police force where I live like they don't have the sort of like uh they go, I haven't committed the same abuses like they have like in Ferguson. And so like people there like don't mistrust them to a degree. Mm. Um, but then again, it's like it's different and it's different from like even geographic regions as well. It's like here, you know, like being in small town Texas, maybe like a black person would be more affected by uh, police abuses and something like that than someone in other regions. But mm. yeah, just I just I wouldn't say that like it should be as triggering or that it is. Just because I just haven't seen enough data, data to suggest that that's the case, too. So. Yeah. Do you have anything you want to say, Cam, regarding your own experiences? Um. I mean, as a kid in the neighborhoods I grew up, um, there was pretty frequent interaction with police, just because it was a neighborhood that had a lot of um, gang interactions and a lot of drug trafficking. But I'm not really sure that. Like, I do know that the side of police does incite fear in people, but I'm not sure that it's exactly as triggering to the level of an ICE costume might be for other people who have had more direct interactions with ICE and what it means. So we can swing it back to the whole, um, I, I mentioned keyboard warriors earlier. Uh, if that is a problem on campus, what do we think should be done about it? Well, we've started to brainstorm a lot of different ideas. Um, We've formed kind of like a coalition of Latinx students on campus um, where we're trying to see what kind of um, efforts would possibly help mediate all of this stuff. Um, Something that we've noticed is that there's a severe lack of Latinx faculty and staff on campus. Um, So even when things like this happen, a lot of the emotional support that is provided to the Latinx population relies on two professors um, and that's not really fair for them mm-hmm. they can't you know support an entire ethnicity on their own backs you know yeah, yeah. Um, so we're trying to work on that um, the office of multicultural affairs and diversity and inclusion they also don't have latinx staff um, so that's something that we're pushing for as well we're pushing for diversity among a teams 
Um, for example, at McMurtry this past year, we just had a new family come in to be our RAs, and in the past 10 years, they've been our first family of color. Um, so clearly that shows it. While our magisters have responded really, really well to the situation, I think that there would have been an even deeper level of understanding if they were also people of color. And I think that right now, especially as we're searching for magisters at McMurtry, it's the perfect opportunity to have that new voice be set into our A-team. Um, but we're also advocating for a expansion or really creation of a, um, an, yeah, of a program that focuses on Latin American <coughs> studies. So not just the major itself, but also providing a minor and just more expansive classes, kind of like they recently did in the humanities um, school with African-American studies right, or African yeah. studies. So just so that we can no longer claim that there's ignorance towards the issues that are affecting a certain community or the history of a certain community because we're not providing that information. Mm -hmm. what, is the, what is the end goal? Like in light, in light of this situation, what's yeah. the end goal that the that this coalition or any groups would see? I think the end goal is really for us to just be seen mm -hmm. um, and to be given our place at Rice. Um, there's a lot of feelings surrounding it. I think one of the things too that people are really upset about right now is, um, or at least I'm also pretty upset about is that when we found all those pictures about blackface in the Campanile that LeBron mm -hmm. actually wrote out a statement and released like a public official statement, right? He hasn't done anything besides those couple of tweets that he released. And this is like something that is actually happening right now. And so clearly racial tensions are still alive. It's not just blackface that happened 30, 40, 50 years ago. It's yeah. something that happened two weeks ago. And our university still hasn't even publicly responded, you know? So why hasn't that happened? Um, so we're looking for public acknowledgement um, from the university's administration, but also again, just an increase. We're seeing this as a learning opportunity um, for the entire campus, whether that means we can finally implement classes where we can learn more about our own histories, but our peers can also learn more about us, um, or just opening broader conversations about the things that we keep pushing aside, like the fact that there are racial tensions, like the fact that we live in the most diverse city in the country, and things like this are still happening. The fact that we are in a border state and immigration is something that we should talk about more often than we do. Um, that there are DACA students on campus and they're not just Hispanic. So this isn't just an issue that's affecting the way that Hispanic students are feeling on campus. There are other students who also feel fear when they see something like somebody dressed in a nice costume. So we're just trying to open up broader conversations um, and really increase understanding. And if that takes us having to reveal our stories more just to incite some sort of empathy in people, um, then I guess that's what we're going to have to do. All right. I know you have to leave in a few minutes, so if you have any <laughs> last words or if you want to plug your club, anything, mm -hmm. feel free. <laughs> well, Jolt is very new on campus, um, and we don't just advocate for Latinx rights. Well, that is one of our main focuses, um, is mainly like making sure that there's not immigration violations, um, that people who are undocumented are respected um, in the state of Texas, and that there's more advocacy among the Latinx population because there's also a lot, there's apathy um, towards civic engagement in the Latinx population, but also that apathy is fed by fear from previous generations, so we're trying to combat that. But we're also um, focusing on other issues like climate change, student debt, um, police brutality, 
reproductive rights, um, rights for the LGBTQ plus community. Um, so it's not just we're focusing on Latinx people and the issues that affect that. We understand that a lot of the issues that affect minorities across the country are intersectional, and we have to acknowledge that, and we can't just advocate for one group. We have to advocate for everybody. Um, so that's what we're, we're trying to do, but we will have events coming up soon. We're starting our general body meeting soon. We're going to be present at International Night tomorrow night, show a little bit of Hispanic culture, um, and we'll have bigger events that incorporate both culture and social justice eventually. All right. I agree. Well, thanks for joining us, Kim. Please uh, check out Jolt on campus or reach out to Kim if you have any other questions about the club or their efforts. And we hope to see you around. Um, I guess but I think of the thing we could talk about okay. right now. What do you, what do you want to say? Uh, I was just going to say, like, for the pod, uh, that I think it's a, it's a really good thing that, like, this coalition is trying to, like, actually push for, like, hmm. visible... Uh, changes in campus and kind of using kind of like the pressure of the situation uh to get more like faculty representation and also just like staff representation yeah that's important in like these like critical offices um because yeah that's something i was kind of worried about was that like a lot of these would just be discussions and in the end like nothing would really come out of it it'll just be more like people just kind of sounding off how they feel which is important but at the same time like what happens next uh and i'm glad that like kim and her um uh, and other like many people like her like trying to really push for this sort of like change yeah and that's what we wanted to highlight because that's true for almost every social issue in this country you know people get really animated about it for a few weeks maybe even a few months if it's really important but then it'll just kind of naturally die off and then yeah. you never really hear people doing stuff about it and if you do then they just don't get talked about anymore so it's, it's I'm glad that we're trying to bring to light here the efforts that are being made I th yeah, I also think that it's really important to bring the representation to the specific communities, especially on the faculty side. That's super important. Um, I'm also, I, I really, <laughs> it would be really interesting to interview one of them. One of the faculty? No, one of the kids dressed as the ice. Oh, right, yeah. Just to have them have their perspective. One, because as I noticed it, I was automatically assuming I'm going to see three white males but you don't and you don't which is really interesting but i think that plays i think that plays into it too though because how it's like a, how a it's diverse an, group of like you even have some minorities in there yeah you well you have to have minorities in there and actually the majority of them are minorities if you want to frame it that way and i'm not necessarily thinking that they're coming at it from a racist perspective <coughs> like we support ICE, therefore we're going to dress up as... I don't think it's that. could be that. Yeah, I think it was just they were trying to be, like, edgy and I, funny. I was going to say, I think maybe um, even more edgy and, like, maybe trying to get her... Mm, well, based on his response, he said ignorance. Your friend. Yeah. And I mean... It I, wasn't my friend. Not your friend. <laughs> your it was, classmate. It was one of, it was one of them. Your yeah, classmate, I should say. And I think, like, um, <laughs> I don't know if it's, like, one or two of them. Like, they're also, like, poli-sci. And so, like, they're already... They know what's going they're on aware. in the country. Yeah. And so I really just think they were just trying to be edgy and like saying like, I mean, yeah, we're going to ruffle some feathers, but like, and it's just going to be like a funny Halloween club. We're all going to laugh about it and like how like I mean, edgy it was. Uh, like, oh, look at us. And which it's not like I, I wouldn't do it personally, but I feel like to an extent we should. Mm, 
Like, see their you should be able to do that and to be able to see that perspective. It, I mean, it's not great by no means. Ice is, you know, only associated with negative activities. But I really sometimes get worried that we maybe take things a little bit farther than they were ever intended to go. Especially in this case, when I'm looking at this picture of the three guys, and it's like, okay, the majority of the guys in costume are minorities. What does that say? I think it says more of, like, how Kim was kind of saying it. It's like, you would think that being here, like, there would be, like, more, like, allyship and stuff like that. And then it also means, like, allyship between, like, different, like, sure. racial minorities. Uh, and even with, like, this idea of, like, the future, like, minority-majority situation we have in the United States, that does not necessarily mean that, like, all the minorities are on the same side. Um, That's very, very true. Uh, and then, like, ultimately, even within the, and it's kind of, like, more of a macro thing, it's, like, within the Democratic Party, like, I don't really see it, like, surviving once that, like, minority majority thing hits. So you don't see the Democratic Party surviving? As it is now, no. Because it's, like, you have so many people here mm. who's, like, uh, like, policy interests and just, like, cultures um, clash with, like, what mm-hmm. they tend to believe in, like, right? It's, like, you know, for example, like, uh, like Christian, uh, like, blacks in the South probably don't care about the same things as, like, uh, you know, like, people, you know, like, new age people living in Brooklyn or mm-hmm. in Orange County believe the same things. Right, yeah, yeah. And, like, we're more united by the fact that, like, we don't support, like, more uh, traditional, you know, like, business conservative sort of like interests of like democratic party of the republican party then we are united by like actual policies we see ourselves mm. i think and it's kind of a show that like maybe these guys won't be wearing like maga hats probably um but would somebody you know would let's say somebody dressed up as donald trump for this halloween party i don't think there would have been this response because everybody would have taken it as a joke yeah, because I probably I feel like which it's is only... probably more triggering. No, actually, let's not. I don't want to say that it's not more triggering, but it certainly could be equally as triggering. Could be, especially and... for women. Everything he's done and said, and you're a woman, and you see, you know, somebody dressed up as Donald Trump, you'd be like, that person might hate women, or they might just be trying to make a joke. Yeah, I feel party. like with this, it's like how the way they were acting, it was more like they were just dressed up as ice agents and they weren't like really making fun of it. I feel like if you were to do Donald Trump and you're making fun of it and very obviously like acting like a buffoon because mm-hmm. you like oh I think he's a buffoon so I'm going to act like a buffoon um, that's different if like you were you know acting and and to bring this up again I'm sorry to keep bringing it up but I just think we really need to keep like the, the relativity of the situation if there had been for example uh, a very high profile uh, story of police brutality you know let's say like two days before this happened and a minority a minority person was killed then somebody wearing a police costume at this party may have gotten the same response it might have yes so I really really feel like it's all relative to kind of what's going on in the news and this, this sounds bad and it's not meant to be bad but like this sort of this is like a trend right now, like this uh, line of thinking and these concerns are a trend because that's what's going on in our society right now. But maybe like a couple years ago, when you weren't seeing so much ice, you were seeing more police 
brutality videos all the time. I mean, you see them every day if you want. But, again, I, I think, think... the point that needs to be made, then, is that it's beca- because that's such a relevant topic in the news. It's because though, it's a relevant topic. Because they decided yep. now yes. is when they wanted to do it. That's why it's a problem. Yeah. Because... Uh, it is. It deserves to be in the news recently because there's been more problems at the border in the last couple of years. Totally. Uh, and that's when we've seen this ramp up of ICE activity, mm-hmm. which is why now they're being heavily criticized. So it is relative, like relative to time, but it's an appropriate time to mm-hmm. be criticizing. Yeah. It's an inappropriate yeah. time to be wearing the costume, thinking that like no one's gonna like call you out for it, or right, yeah. no one's gonna get more than maybe, a lot of people aren't gonna get mad at, it. especially at Rice University. I think they were just, I think they were being dumb. I think it plays simple, they were just being dumb. Yeah. Um, I am glad that they showed remorse, though, but it shows that there was a problem, and I'm glad that people are trying to fix it now. We've been talking for a while. I think I wanted, before we ended the episode, I wanted to give kind of an update. Uh, so uh, last <coughs> semester, we did, and this podcast did an episode on immigration again, or maybe it was last year, mm-hmm. but we invited an immigration lawyer to talk about it because it was at the height of families being separated at the border right. and kids being kept in cages. So it was a very relevant topic, and it's still relevant. But that was a while ago. So I just wanted to provide an update on kind of what the situation at the border is. I'm going to do my best to remember from what I looked up uh, last week. Um, it's still happening to an extent, but there are many, a lot less people being uh, or in cap- captivity. Okay. So they used thousands before, now it's hundreds. Really? Yes. So they have been kind of clearing out. I don't know Whoa. if families have been reunited, but they aren't keeping as many people in captivity at the very least. What I think it is, is I think they were deported actually, and then just uh, either that or they're like... Like they're given a date to come back or something mm-hmm. for a, a hearing. Mm-hmm. I could be completely um. talking nonsense here, but no, I think that's what it is. It's like they get deported and then they like, um, there's like they can still like form up to like go and like make their case of like why they, de- more like they not like deserve asylum because this is what most of them are like Central American, uh, immigrants who are coming to escape violence because they fear for their lives. Yes. Um, and I think that's also because it's like now they have like the I forget exactly what the term of the policy uh, what's the policy's like name but essentially I guess it comes down to like that Mexico is like a safe you know third country because hmm. like United States Guatemala for example and then Mexico well Mexico is like the safe third country where they can just be hmm. um, and just wait like the United States doesn't necessarily have to like take them in first okay right and I think that's also something like there it's like even if they're crossing they just get deported and they just get sent back and they just form up in a line, which isn't good either because now, like, cartels active and, like, the border cities are taking advantage of those, like, um, waiting uh, immigrants who right. probably have months or to, like, wait for a hearing. And I know that, in addition to that, some policies that have changed is that, so if you didn't know, it's international law that countries take in refugees. Uh, but... There are, it's not, there's no enforcement in place for that. So in the United States, uh, Trump has made efforts to decrease the amount of refugees that were, that are like allowed in. So there's a number, a limit, a limit that was originally put in place by Obama, which was like 10,000, I think, or maybe higher. 
But then Trump has been making efforts to decrease that number all the way down to he wishes zero. Yeah. He's been trying to make it zero as of this year, but even as of this year, it's been drastically decreased. I think it might even be below 1,000 at this point. Uh, don't quote me on that. Look that up for yourself. But uh, there was a, a rule. So yeah, this is the asylum changes, and people were challenging that in court, uh, but they kind of got a mini victory in the Supreme Court. They basically asked the Supreme Court about it, and the Supreme Court said, until it's figured out in the courts mm -hmm. on what should happen, you can keep doing it. So basically said, keep, you're allowed to keep doing what you're doing until the legal battle ends. And so who knows when that will happen, but that's mm -hmm. why we've been seeing this decrease in numbers. Uh, I guess a lot of people are being deported. So if, if you're concerned about the kids being separated and people being kept in cages, the, the verdict is it's still happening but to a much lesser extent than it was before, just because they've, over time, managed to cycle through people, finally slog through the massive amount of people that came to the border yeah. and de deal with them in their own ways. Mm -hmm. So if you are passionate about this topic, there are people out in the Houston community that you can reach out to. This is a very diverse city, and it is in a border state, uh, so there are lots of organizations that you can reach out to to learn more or to help out. I believe Baker Ripley is one, because in the last episode, I think we had an immigration lawyer that was associated with Baker Ripley oh. to come talk with us. Uh, yeah. Yeah, or, and also, like, just visit uh, Joel, yeah, either Kimberly or Leah. Um, and they can probably connect you with some people, too, I imagine. Yeah, they probably know, like, resources for people who want to get more involved um, in a struggle for immig immigration rights. Uh, also, I think like her co-president, uh, Eric Rodriguez, he's a war race junior. Uh, he's also really, really big into that, and he's also a big mem big founding member of uh, JOLT. So you know, Eric, Eric, Eric Rodriguez or uh, Kimberly Oleo are both really good resources for that at JOLT Rice. With that, we just want to remind you again that we would like you to stay informed, stay connected, and stay, stay in, in the, the loop. loop.